Welcome back to the Leadership Cheat Code, where we unlock the cheat code to effective leadership. My name is Brian Vaughn. Today, I will discuss the five common ways a leader can fail in today's dynamic business environment. And more importantly, we will explore strategies to correct each of these failures. Let's dive right in. The first failure leaders often encounter is a lack of agility. In today's rapid changing business landscape, leaders must adapt and respond quickly to new changes. A failure to do so can lead to missed opportunities and losing ground to competitors. To correct this failure, here are two strategies you can employ. Strategy number one is to foster a culture of innovation. Encourage your team to think creatively and embrace new ideas. Create an environment where experimentation is encouraged and failure is seen as a learning opportunity. By fostering innovation, you can stay ahead of the curve and adapt swiftly to change. Here are five unique tips to help you achieve this. Number one, designated innovation time. Set aside specific time during the month or the week for dedicated time for innovation. Create a structured approach like Innovation Fridays, where team members are encouraged to work on creative projects or explore new ideas outside of their regular job responsibilities. This designated time signals the importance of innovation and allows individuals to focus solely on developing and testing new concepts. Number two is cross-functional collaboration. Encourage collaboration across different departments and different teams. Innovative ideas often emerge at the intersection of diverse perspectives. Organize workshops or brainstorming sessions to bring together employees with different types of skill sets and backgrounds and experiences to solve problems or to generate new concepts. This cross-pollination of ideas can lead to fresh insight and also fresh innovative solutions. Number three is to recognize and celebrate innovation. Acknowledge and celebrate both big and small innovations within the organization. This can be done through regular meetings, internal newsletters, or a digital platform where team members can share their innovative achievements. Celebrating innovation not only motivates the team, but also reinforces the idea that creativity and new ideas are valued and encouraged. Number four, innovation challenges and competitions. Organize innovation challenges or competitions with defined problem statements or opportunities. Allow employees to form teams and compete to come up with the most innovative solutions. Provide resources and mentorship to the participants and also consider rewarding the winning team with incentives or recognition. These challenges create a sense of excitement around innovation and inspire teams to think outside the box. And number five, innovation incubator programs. You may want to establish an innovation incubator or accelerator program within your own organization. Employees with innovative ideas can apply to be part of the program, which provides them with dedicated resources, mentorship, and time to develop their concepts. The program can culminate in a presentation to leadership or potential investors, creating a pathway for successful innovations to be implemented on a larger scale within the organization. Number two is to develop a strong network. Build relationships with industry experts, thought leaders, and other professionals in your field. This network can provide you with valuable insight, access to new trends, new technology, and collaborative opportunities. By leveraging this network, you can stay informed and adapt your strategies accordingly. Here are five unique tips to help you develop a strong network. Number one is to attend niche events and conferences. Look for industry-specific events and seminars and conferences related to your field of interest. 
These gatherings offer an excellent opportunity to connect with like-minded individuals and experts who share your passion and interests. This allows you to engage in meaningful conversation, exchanging ideas, and collecting contact information so that you can follow up later. Number two is to offer value first. Instead of approaching networking with a what's in it for me type of mindset, right? Well, what am I going to get out of it? Focus on providing value to other people first. Be genuinely interested in their work and their challenges. Offer assistance, share your knowledge, and make relevant introductions. When you establish yourself as a valuable resource, people are more likely to reciprocate and be willing to support you in return. Number three is to utilize social media. Leverage the power of social media platforms like LinkedIn and Twitter or X as it is known today and any other relevant industry forms. Engage in discussions and conversations, contribute valuable content and information and connect with professionals in your field. Actively participating in online communities can significantly expand your network and keep you updated with the latest trends and developments. And number four is host networking events. Take the initiative to organize your own networking events and meetings. Hosting gatherings allows you to showcase your own leadership skills and expertise while bringing together industry peers. Yes, you can host your own networking events and invite people to it, right? Whether it's a small workshop or it's a panel discussion or a casual get together, these events can help you forge meaningful connections with other people in your field. And number five is to join a mastermind group. Seek out or form your own mastermind group with professionals who share similar aspirations and challenges. Mastermind groups are gatherings of individuals who come together regularly to support and hold each other accountable for their goals. These groups can offer a safe space to share ideas and seek advice and to collaborate on projects, fostering a strong bond among all of its members. So let's move to the second failure. The second failure that we will address is the inability to delegate effectively. As a leader, it is crucial to distribute responsibilities and empower your team members. Failure to delegate can lead to burnout, it can stifle growth, and lead to limited productivity. So here are two strategies to correct this failure. Number one is to identify team strengths. Take the time to understand uh, and assess your team members' strengths and skills. Assign tasks that align with their abilities and provide them with the necessary resources and tools and support to excel. By leveraging their strengths, you enable them to contribute their best work, freeing up your time for more strategic endeavors. So here are five unique tips for identifying team strengths and leveraging them effectively. Number one is to conduct strength assessments. Administer strength assessments or surveys to each team member to identify their individual strengths and areas of expertise. Tools like the Gallup Strength Finder or uh, the VIA's Character Strengths can provide valuable insights. Right? I like Strength Finders. I've taken it. I read the book. I've gone through the class. I became a Strength Finder facilitator. Right? I like Gallup's Strength Finder. That is a great one. So figure out which one works best for you. But the overall important goal is to use that to understand each person's unique talents that will help you allocate tasks that align with their abilities. Number two is to encourage skill sharing. So the ability to foster a culture of knowledge exchange within a team is crucial. Encourage team members to share their skills and knowledge with one another. This not only promotes a collaborative environment, but it also allows individuals to learn from each other's strength and to build on the strength of one another as well. And number three is to tailor professional development. Offer opportunities for professional development that cater to individual strengths and interests. 
whether it's attending workshops or conferences or online classes, tailor these learning experiences will help you as a leader enhance your team's expertise and contribute to the team's overall success. Number four, and it's something that I love to do, is to rotate leadership responsibility. Give team members a chance to lead on certain projects or initiatives that align with their strengths. Rotating leadership roles not only empowers team members, but also brings diverse perspectives and ideas to the table. And then number five is to foster a feedback culture. Create a supportive environment where feedback is encouraged and appreciated. Regularly discuss team members' performance and highlighting their strengths and achievements. Don't wait until the end of the year review, but provide regular feedback through this feedback culture. Constructive feedback helps individuals understand how they can further leverage their own strengths and how they can grow professionally. And number two is to implement a culture of accountability. Establish clear expectations, set measurable goals, and provide regular feedback. Encourage your team to take ownership of their work and hold themselves accountable. By fostering a culture of accountability, you build trust and empower your team members to take on greater responsibilities. So here are five tips for implementing a culture of accountability within your own team. Number one is to lead by example. It's probably the most important aspect of implementing a culture of accountability is when you as the leader are leading by example. It is crucial that you demonstrate accountability in your own decisions and your own actions. Be transparent about your own successes, your failures, and take responsibility when things go wrong, right? The buck stops with you. You are the leader. The buck stops with you. When your team sees that you're holding yourself accountable, they will hold themselves accountable and hold each other accountable. And then number two is to create clear and measurable goals. Establish specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, time-bound goals with your teams for each individual on the team and as well as the team overall. Ensure that everyone understands their role in achieving these objectives. Having well-defined goals provides a sense of direction, which is very critical. The team needs to know where they're going, and this helps them through that process to say, here's where our vision is and here's how we're gonna get there. And it enables easier tracking of progress and results. And then number three is to encourage open communication. Your ability as a leader to foster a safe and open environment where your team members feel comfortable discussing their challenges, seeking some assistance, and admitting the mistakes is crucial. Encourage them to provide feedback to one another constructively. Your team members should be providing feedback to each other on a consistent basis. It helps further their own growth and development as a team. This open communication helps in identifying issues early and finding collaborative solutions. Number four is to celebrate achievements and efforts. Recognize and celebrate both individual and team achievements regularly. Right? It's very important that you celebrate individual achievements because individuals who make up teams, they need to be celebrated for the individual work that they did and the overall team needs to be celebrated for the work collectively. Acknowledging hard work and dedication boosts morale of the individual and the team. Right. And it helps motivate the team members to continue taking ownership of their responsibilities. It also reinforces the importance of accountability in driving success. And number five is providing ongoing feedback and support. Offer continuous feedback on performance and progress, not just during formal evaluations, but also in day to day interactions. Focus on constructive feedback. Feedback is used for improvement. Right. So we're looking to highlight areas for improvement and for growth. Additionally, provide necessary resources and support to help team members meet their goals and to overcome these challenges. The third failure to address is lack of risk-taking. 
In today's competitive landscape, leaders must be willing to take calculated risks to drive innovation and growth. Playing it safe can lead to stagnation and missed opportunities. So here are two strategies to help you correct this failure. Number one is to encourage calculated risk-taking. Create an environment where calculated risk-taking is encouraged and it is rewarded. Encourage your team to propose new ideas and provide the necessary support to explore those ideas. Give them that safe space. Foster an atmosphere where failure is seen as a stepping stone towards success rather than just punitive. So here are five tips to encourage calculated risk-taking within your own team and your own organization. Number one is to establish clear goals and set objectives. Set clear and well-defined goals for your team. When employees understand the organization's visions and objective, they can better assess the potential risk and rewards associated with their ideas. Having a clear direction allows them to take calculated risks that align with the overall mission. And number two is to celebrate risk-taking efforts. Acknowledge and celebrate employees who take calculated risks, regardless of the outcome, whether it was successful or unsuccessful. Recognize the effort, the creativity, and innovative thinking that went into their ideas. This positive reinforcement creates an atmosphere where people feel supported and motivated to come up with new ideas and solutions. Number three is to provide resources and support. Offer the necessary resources, the tools, and support for employees to explore their ideas. This might include providing time, budget, mentorship, or cross-functional collaboration opportunities. When employees feel that their endeavors are supported, they're more likely to take a leap into calculated risk-taking, but you have to show that you support it. If they don't feel that support, then they're not going to take that risk, but you must support them through that process. Then they could feel more inclined to take those risks in that type of environment. Number four, learn from setbacks. Encourage a culture of learning from failures or setbacks. When an idea doesn't yield an expected result, facilitate a post-mortem analysis to understand what went wrong and extract valuable lessons. Don't always go to, it's punitive, but figure out what didn't work and then try to figure out what you could do to improve next time, right? That's what the analysis is for. It, it is a very introspective process that you are implementing because it helps employees refine their future risk-taking approaches and it helps to minimize the fear of failure next time. Number five, as a leader, once again, lead by example. As a leader, you need to demonstrate your willingness to take calculated risk yourself. If you are playing it safe, or you're asking your team to take calculated risks, they're not going to do that because you're not modeling the way. Share stories from your own experiences, whether they're successful or their failures, and how they contributed to your own growth and your own learning. Leading by example shows that risk-taking is not just encouraged, but embraced at all levels in the organization. And number two, develop scenario planning. Assess potential risk and develop contingency plans according to those potential risks. Anticipate various outcomes and have strategies in place to mitigate potential downsides. By engaging in thorough scenario planning, you can make more informed decisions and minimize the impact of potential failures. So here are five tips to effectively develop and implement scenario planning. Number one, diverse scenario creation. Create a diverse range of scenarios to encompass various potential outcomes. Avoid limiting yourself to just a few common scenarios, but think outside the box. Consider both optimistic and pessimistic situations, as well as unexpected or extreme events. Go that far with it, right? This will help you as a leader think more critically and more thoroughly about potential risk and their impacts on your plans. Number two is to involve multiple perspectives. It can't be just you as a leader by yourself. You need to engage a diverse group of stakeholders, including your team members and SMEs or subject matter experts and decision makers into that scenario planning process. 
Different perspectives can offer valuable insight and challenge assumptions, leading to a more robust analysis of potential risk and mitigation strategies. Number three is to identify early warning signals. As you develop these scenarios, pay attention to early warning signals or leading indicators that may signal the emergence of a particular scenario. These signals can help you take proactive measures to prevent or mitigate the consequences of potential failures. Number four is to test and to adjust your strategies. Scenario planning is an iterative process, right? So once you've developed your scenario and corresponding contingency plans, test them thoroughly through simulations and tabletop exercises to ensure that they work. This practice will reveal any type of gaps in your strategy and is going to help you refine and to adjust your plans to make them more effective. And then number five is to monitor and regularly update. The business landscape, of course, is constantly changing. You feel it today in your own work environment. New risks can emerge over time. Therefore, it is crucial to continuously monitor the environment and regularly update your scenarios and contingency plans. Set up a system for ongoing risk assessment and refinement of strategies to ensure that they remain relevant and effective. The fourth failure we'll explore is resistance and change. Set up a system for ongoing risk assessment and refinement of strategies to ensure they remain relevant and effective. The fourth failure we'll explore is resistance to change. In today's business environment, change is constant. Change will happen. And as leaders who resist it, change can hinder progress and limit their organization and team's growth. So here are two strategies to ensure that you are embracing change to correct this particular failure. Number one is to communicate the why. Clearly articulate the reason behind the proposed changes. Help your team understand the benefits and the long-term vision. By effectively communicating the why, you can address concerns, gain buy-in, and facilitate a smoother transition. So here are five tips to effectively communicate the why behind proposed changes to your team. Number one is to craft a compelling narrative. Frame the proposed changes as part of a larger story that aligns with the organization's goals and values. Use storytelling techniques to create an emotional connection between the changes and the team's shared purpose. This can help the team members see the significance of the changes beyond just the technical aspects. Number two, tailor your message to different audiences. Understand that different team members may have varying levels of expertise and different concerns about changes. Tailor your communication to address the specific needs and interests of stakeholders. For example, the technical team may be more interested in the technical benefits, while the management team may want to know about the impact on productivity and cost effectiveness. Number three, exchange open dialogue. Create an environment where team members feel comfortable asking questions and providing feedback. Encourage open dialogue and be receptive to concerns and skepticism. Address any doubts transparently and acknowledge potential challenges, showing that you value their input and are committed to finding solutions together. Number four is use visual aids and data. Numbers and data can often help in making the case for change. Utilize visual aids such as charts and graphs and infographics to present data in a clear and accessible manner. Demonstrating the evidence and potential benefits through data can make the why more tangible and convincing. And number five is to set clear expectation and timelines. When communicating the proposed changes, be explicit about the expected outcomes and timelines. Providing a roadmap with achievable milestones can help team members visualize the journey ahead. This clarity instills confidence and reduces anxiety about the uncertainty that often accompanies change. Give them that clarity. It is crucial to your ability as a leader to lead people through the change management process. The clearer you are, the more likely you can eliminate questions or mitigate questions, concerns, 
and people would be more receptive to the change that's happening within the environment. But that also happens with number two, which is lead by example. You as a leader, you need to embrace change yourself and to demonstrate a willingness to adapt. When your team sees you embracing the change, they're more likely to follow suit. If you complain about the change, they're going to complain about the change. Show resilience in the face of uncertainty and encourage your team to embrace new ways of doing things. So here are five tips on how to lead by example through this change process to ensure that you are embracing the change in order to encourage your own team to do the same, right? It's all leading by example. And to lead by example, you must have transparent communication. Communicate openly and honestly with your team about the need for change and the reason behind it. Transparency builds trust. And when your team understands the purpose and benefits of the change, they're more likely to support and adopt them. Number two is to acknowledge and reward adaptability. Recognize and reward team members who demonstrate adaptability and embrace change effectively. This could be through verbal praise. It could be through public acknowledgement or even small incentives. By celebrating those who embrace change, you create a positive and motivating environment for others to follow suit. Number three is to provide learning opportunities. Organize workshops and seminars and training sessions related to the change process that is going to be implemented. Teach your people how to navigate the change process. Offer your team opportunities to acquire these new skills and knowledge, which will help boost their confidence in dealing with the change and also demonstrate your commitment to their overall growth. Number four is leading change experiments. Instead of just pushing sudden drastic changes, consider leading change in smaller incremental steps. Run pilot projects and encourage your team to take calculated risk. If it's smaller, they're more likely to take a calculated risk versus if it's a huge project, they be, may be more apprehensive to just jump right in and take a calculated risk. When they see that trying new approaches is encouraged and it is supported, they'll be more inclined to explore innovative ideas and solutions more often. And number five is to solicit and act on feedback. Encourage open feedback from your team regarding the changes being implemented. Actively listen to their concerns, ideas, and suggestions. If valid points are raised, be ready to adjust the course of action accordingly. This demonstrates that you value the input and are open to refining the change process. The final failure that we'll discuss is ineffective decision-making. Poor decision-making can lead to costly mistakes and hinder progress. So here are two strategies to correct this failure. Number one is data-driven approach. Gather relevant data and analyze it objectively before making any type of decision. Encourage your team to provide insight and input based on that data. Multiple perspectives, right? By incorporating different data-driven approaches and including your team in this process, you can make more informed decisions that have a higher likelihood of success. So here are five things that you can do to implement a data-driven approach. Number one is to define clear objectives and key performance indicators or KPIs. Of course, I'm sure you've heard of this term before. I don't think it's a new term that you have not heard before. Most organizations have KPIs. So what does that mean? Before gathering any type of data, clearly outline your goals and objectives. What do you want to achieve? What metrics would indicate success? By defining specific KPIs or key performance indicators, you can focus your data collection efforts on the most relevant information and it allows you to measure progress accurately. Number two is your ability to choose the right type of data sources. Identify the most relevant and reliable data sources for your objectives. It's not all data, but it's the most relevant and reliable data sources. So depending on your industry and your goals, this could be 
things like customer feedback or web analytics or sales data or social media insights or industry reports, things like that. Ensure the data you collect is accurate, that it is up to date, and that it is also comprehensive. Number three is to utilize data visualization tools. Data can be complex and overwhelming, and sometimes it can even be frustrating. So using data visualization tools can help make it easier for your team to interpret and understand the information. Visual representations like charts and graphs and dashboards allow for better insight and faster decision-making. Number four is to foster a data-driven culture. Encourage your team members to embrace the data-driven mindset. Make data easily accessible and communicate its importance on a regular basis. Train your team on how to interpret the data and incorporate this data into your decision-making processes. Celebrate success that result from data-driven scenarios because this will help to reinforce the value of this approach. And number five is to emphasize iterative improvement. Implementing a data-driven approach is an ongoing process. Encourage continuous learning and development based on the data analysis and the data feedback. Analyze the outcomes of your decisions, identify areas of enhancement, and make adjustments accordingly. Emphasizing iterative improvement will ensure your team stays agile and adaptable in the constantly evolving business world, and we know how that can get. Number two is to seek diverse perspectives. Embrace diversity of thought by involving team members with different backgrounds and different experiences into that decision-making process. Encourage healthy debates and consider multiple viewpoints. By incorporating diverse perspectives, you can mitigate biases, which we want to avoid when we're going through this decision-making process, and it allows you to make a more well-rounded decision. Here are five tips to seek diverse perspectives and to embrace diversity of thought in the decision-making process. Number one is to establish an inclusive environment. Foster an inclusive environment within your team or organization that encourages open communication and values all opinions. Create a safe space where team members feel comfortable sharing their unique perspectives without fear of judgment or ridicule. When people feel included, they are more likely to contribute their diverse viewpoints. And number two is to rotate leadership roles. To ensure that diverse voices are heard and diverse perspectives are considered, rotate leadership roles or decision-making responsibilities among the team members. This approach allows individuals with various backgrounds and experiences to take charge and to offer insight and promote a more balanced decision-making process. Trust me, not all the time as a leader do I want to make all of the decisions. I delegate some of that to my team. Of course, ultimately, the decision is made with the leader, but I allow my team to make those decisions. And if it is a decision that is warranted to go in that direction, that is the decision we will go with. Not mine but their decision, right? It takes humility as a leader to be able to do that. Put aside your own perspectives for the good of the team. Number three, use anonymous feedback. Sometimes people may hesitate to share their thoughts openly due to fear of potential consequences or retaliation or social pressures. So consider using anonymous feedback mechanisms such as suggestion boxes or anonymous surveys to gather diverse perspectives without revealing the identities of who said it, right? I care less about who said it and I care more about exactly what it is. As a leader, I want to know what are the areas of improvement and what can we do to resolve those particular areas and put initiatives in place to help us be better as a team and as an organization. This helps to encourage honest and candid responses, especially when they know that it is anonymous and their names are not tied to it. And then number four is to seek external input. 
Look beyond your immediate team or organization for input. Engage with external consultants or subject matter experts or additional stakeholders from different industries or communities to provide fresh perspectives on the matter at hand. These external insights can challenge the status quo and introduce novel approaches to problem solving. And then number five is to conduct diversity training. Organize workshops or training sessions focused on diversity and inclusion. These sessions can help team members become more aware of their unconscious biases and learn how to actively seek out and value different perspectives of others, which is crucial in the ability to for team collaboration and making decisions. Different types of trainings can promote empathy and open-mindedness, fostering a more inclusive decision-making process. And there you have it, five common ways leaders can fail into today's business environment, along with a few strategies to correct each of those different failures. Remember, leadership is an ongoing journey of growth and development. By being agile, delegating effectively, embracing risk-taking, adapting to change, and improving decision-making, you can lead your team towards success. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, to unlock your leadership effectiveness, you must master the cheat code. See you next time. 